Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi. Hello, ladies, gentlemen. If there are still some men in this, I think they're up in this about, batch. I think they're around. So you're welcome here. First things first, big congrats to our girl Grace O'Neill who Aww. exploded the internet while I was already fast asleep in France. I woke up, <laughs> I woke up to my alarm the next morning, and it was you know those things where I woke up and I had this set plan to like go to the gym, do my morning mm. meditation. You just threw it all out of whack because I woke Sorry. up to this phone. I was like, oh my god, the magazine's <laughs> out. It's amazing. So Grace's first ever issue of Parfum came out. She is the editor. She's the big dog. And it is amazing. I can't wait to get my hands on a bloody copy if the UK customs offices will let up. I haven't seen a physical copy yet because it's been held hostage in Australia due to the horrific floods. So I can't complain too much, but it's en route. (laughs) And obviously there's an excellent story in there by Izzy, little AWD reunion in the pages of the mag. But yeah, I've been keeping, I've kept it so quiet that like so many people who I'm quite good friends with are like, what? I know. (laughs) I know. The first people to find out basically apart from me, Zach and your mum were the girlies in the Patreon when we got drunk and let it slip. I forgot about that. But yeah, so. It's an interesting story actually. I won't bore everyone with the details, but Monica, who is the publisher of the magazine, She's super cool. We were trying to get her on the pod, but she's like Mike shy. Mm. But she's this very iconic woman who launched Oyster Magazine in the 90s when she was like 24. And I think Oyster was like our. It's the best magazine. It's like the young, how you felt like you were cool for the first time when we were growing up. So she left Oyster and launched Parfum, which is – a sexual wellness brand 
and always had this plan to kind of turn it into a magazine. I met her when I was working at Elle a few years ago and we weirdly just kitted off and went for drinks. She's like really amazing and kind of chaotic and I think she was like an AWD muse and she's literally the AWD muse that's why I want to get her on because she says like the funniest stuff I'm so excited for you to meet her You're, you guys can like fall in love with each other anyway we we're talking about she wanted to launch a magazine and she was like if I do you can just edit it and I was like okay whatever and just like obviously didn't think anything of it and then four years later nearly I woke up one morning it was so weird I had a dream about her and I woke up and I was like, I'm going to text Martin to like see what's happening with her and just check in because I hadn't spoken to her in ages. And I woke up to a message from her. That's and she so was like, crazy. It was like the bat signal thing where she was like, we're doing the magazine. Are you in? Was literally what the message said. I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. It was really weird. So the cosmic gods wanted this. Yes. Jesus was like, Jesus we must make this like, happen. Jesus was like, you must make this a horny magazine. So, yeah, we've basically been quietly working on it for ages and we're really excited. And I just wanted to give a quick spiel to the girls in terms of what we wanted the magazine to be like, which is basically you and I have talked a lot about like working in magazines at a certain time and why it was, it felt kind of unsustainable the way that magazines were run for so long Mm. because there was just this imbalance of really relying on advertisers. So the content wasn't even fully designed for readers anymore. It was basically like an advertiser business to business product that had to be churned out constantly. And we just really wanted to create something that was very thoughtful. It only comes out twice a year. It has amazing journalism, obviously, (laughs) because Izzy's in it and great writers and really focusing on heroing, sex as this very important part of women's lives that sits alongside culture and art and film and music and all of that other stuff food so that was the whole thing so if you guys are interested you should buy it we've had a lot of cute listeners already yeah. buying it Love and we've had so others asking for stockers basically everywhere so can they just find that on parfum's website as new stockers are added sort of yeah it's been quite ad hoc ad hoc the way we've done it because it's been limited by flood stuff as well but if you either dm me or thing or yeah buy online is the easiest way otherwise ariel and paddington and like there's a bunch of small bookstores and news agents around sydney and melbourne and we're about to stock in new zealand as well someone asked that yeah magnation in new zealand we're going to do magnation in australia but like really sadly they're closing so magnation in new zealand are getting it soon and then online if you're outside and we're about to stock in the UK, we're just waiting for it to come over. So Yay. the UK listener, just DM me. So excited. I'm already excited for the next issue oh and what I'm going to write. I know. You have to think. I know. Going to get my little thinking cap on. We're going to a six talk menu I'm- next month. We're actually going to – sorry, this is a little off topic, but I think the girlies will be excited. We're going to some celebrity medium I'm called so Fleur excited. Speak on Sunday. And I, who are her clients that I sent you? It was like Emma Roberts and like a bunch of other people. Go wow. to her. And I have so many dead people in my life. <laughs> Imagine. like, whoa. Imagine if both my ex-boyfriends come to the room. and They'll be like all the other ex-boyfriends that have been yes. like hitting you up. Seen me on Instagram and up. even. <laughs> hovering around <laughs> you constantly. <laughs> oh, 
god. Oh my um, god. So yeah, we're seeing Fleur, but also on the topic of parfum, I signed us up to go to this amazing six workshop talk at the London edition because I thought we might get ideas for the next issue. You get all the best emails, invites, and things. I don't know what lists you're on. I'm on then... a weird. I'm on a random PR list. You're I on got... a list where Izzy's like, I just got invited to like a four day like skiing getaway in Aspen. <laughs> that's like first class, blah blah blah, and I, I get free period underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i also get offered the free period underwear i don't it's, it's, it's an odd bag this in the inbox i don't want to wear period i'm just gonna come out and say it and we'll probably have a paid ad by a brand next week and <laughs> yes. it'll, it'll probably this week as, as, it, as it is so often goes as so often goes and i don't like the idea of walking around in a no well pads i know are, pads yeah. are I Foul. threw a pad on the plane back from Australia for like a 20-hour flight because I suddenly got my period and I had to ask the lady and she gave me a stack of – like a wad of pads. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucked. This is just like uh, – Yeah, it's fucked. For something that yeah. happens once a month, it just always takes me by surprise. I, I have time. zero – I have my period right now. I have no tampons. I'm like constantly have like toilet – sorry for the idiot <laughs> men that have survived until this point. Yeah. I, I actually just went to a bathroom just then and spied some that I'm going to have to steal to I'm always like on get all me fours trying to, to find one in like yeah. a little bag or at the bottom Today of Today I was like, wait, yeah. I saw one in a drawer in the spare bedroom and like went and hunted it down. And in your brain because you've seen that, you're like, I don't need to buy any. Yeah, I never want to buy like any. like 50 yeah. per. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the Cayman Islands, I was never not at the reception desk asking them. I don't want to be judgmental about people that wear pads because I think there could be – I mean, it's weird that we're putting something up. Out. Like, I thought that today. I was just like, I don't yeah. know what these companies, what this is made of. But it's like a truly unpleasant sensation to be like, like stewing in your <laughs> yes. juices, you know. Yeah. Anyway, back to the magazine anyway, you made. Yeah. So Very everyone, excited. please get it and read it. Thank you so much for all of the support. Woo! Woo! Okay, it's your birthday on Friday. It's a big week. Yeah, it is for a big, us. big How week. How are you feeling? New project launched. Another year older. I don't know. I feel. I feel. Is you're adopting a baby as part of our <laughs> and PLP. we're getting platonically yeah married. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't really feel like it's happening. But I just got back from. As you guys know, because we I was recording from there, from the south of France, for a cute little birthday trip where I've turned into a baguette. France <laughs> is France is fucking crazy. I was like, this I is know. this kind of carry on is like just so delicious, but also sickening. I we went to this cafe and I was like, okay, I've had a croissant every morning. I just want some yogurt or just something else, and. They don't serve anything other than croissants, which is quite iconic. I had the best cinnamon bun of my life, as everyone knows. I'm a big fan of cinnamon buns. Um, the best one of your life. I think so. But now I'm kind of questioning it because but what it didn't have was it, I really love the like gooey inner bit. Okay. But it didn't have the crispy outer layer, which I think like my boyfriend was saying is kind of necessary for it yeah. to, you know, you just have to have both. Agree. So it didn't have that, but it was, yeah, very delicious. I mean, France, they just know how to put together some bread in a way like no one else strange country like they excel at a lot but like food things just a few things like how all the bread is bad in italy yes and all the bread is amazing in france Mm. i ate lots of italian actually but yeah anyway birthday friday which is 
exciting. Last year was lockdown. The year before was lockdown. I'm a March baby, so it's always like coming out of yeah. winter. So I haven't had a free birthday in, yeah, this is, what is this, two years? Two years, yeah. So this is the third. <laughs> My God. So anyway, that's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go out for Greek and get drunk and I'll probably start posting stupid shit on our close friends. Uh, yeah, actually, let's do that. That'll be, oh, that'll be so fun. Yes. Okay, so this week's biggest media moment was Anna Delvey going on Forbidden Fruits. How does the Forbidden Fruits intro start again? Because I was like, we need to change ours to this is what I was thinking when I was listening to it. Even what do they say? They just go like, Forbidden Fruits. <laughs> forbidden Fruits. No, but then she was like, I'm your host, Julia Fox. And then Nikita's like, and I'm Nikita. Yeah, why, why do people do that on podcasts? It seems like a, a unnecessary display of dominance. I know, just be I know. I'm your host, Grace O'Neill. And this is this Isabel. Is Isabel. <laughs> She's just here. <laughs> yeah, so Anna Delvey went on Forbidden Fruits from ICE. I didn't realize Love. that she got released from jail February last year 2021 and she was picked up by ice six weeks later i thought that was a recent thing so did i so yeah. she's she's been in there for a year and then they i know i was like god and then they had to keep calling back she'd keep calling back because it kept cutting off and also there were just so many revelations but one of them is because she's an ice she hasn't been able to watch this fucking netflix show at all basically yes. only little tiny snippets that she gets if journalists are interviewing her for it which is quite crazy so she just She's just like, they were like, oh, who's Chase? Who's her boyfriend in the Netflix show? And she was just like, well, I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's so bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I couldn't believe that they couldn't just like sneak her a few screeners in. Yeah. So she's, from what I could gather in that interview, she's in ICE because she won't leave the US. Julian like she's Assange. fighting her. Yeah. She's like, Julie, like she's fighting her ex, it's not extradition or whatever it is, her deportation deportation she's fighting her deportation so she'd rather it's kind of badass she'd rather like be in ice than be in germany than be in germany <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so and same yeah so she hasn't seen any of this stuff so i don't i wonder what she'd make of the show she said julia garner came to visit her in ice and that's how she got some of her mannerisms and then when they said that they hated when julia said she didn't like the accent because she thought it was too camp and over the top compared to Anna's accent now, which is more subtle. Anna said, but in her defense, she was playing me when I first got to America. So I actually thought it was very authentic. Yeah, love. So basically, yeah, she's she was, was in ICE, but since the episode's been released yesterday, she got deported back to Germany. So Maybe here's, it was because of the episode. Here's hoping she comes to London and sets up the Anna Delvey Foundation in London because she did say, among many other incredible points that we will get to, she was she's so fucking funny. She did say that she kind of wants to launch the Anna Delvey because Julia Fox was just like jokes on everyone. Now you're so famous, you'll be able to launch the Anna Delvey Foundation for mm. sure. And then Anna was kind of just like, I do still want to launch that, but obviously not a members club and not the same thing that I wanted when I was 23. Mm-hmm. So who knows a what growing, it will be. A queen with growing ambitions. I would I love know. to be a member of whatever it is. I agree, and I don't think she'd have us. No, definitely not. I liked how Julia Fox said that she met Anna years and years and years ago at Billy McFarland from Fire Festival's house, which she was living at, 
and that they had a party there and she just sat and talked to no one. And if people tried to talk to her, she was very standoffish and rude to them. I know. I just feel like I understand her. Mm. So that's how they met and then they like reconnected on a clubhouse, which is cute. My favorite line was definitely when Anna called Rachel rat-faced Rachel. I know, but she said it in such a funny way because she said that <laughs> – Did you have to re-listen to it to make sure that's what she said? Yeah. She yeah. said that her friends will contact her and say, this is what rat-faced Rachel's <laughs> been doing now. <laughs> And then she said something else where she said that because obviously Anna just posted all those stories we talked about where she called out Rachel for, you know, lying and trying to spin the narrative and uh, and the way Rachel kind of responded to the Netflix show and keeps acting like a victim. Anna posted all those stories, which then we found out through the Forbidden F- Fruits podcast, she couldn't actually post them. She had to speak to someone on the phone and tell them what to post because she can't get on her own Instagram and ice. Which is amazing. So that they were really eloquently worded stories so i'm like did she dictate those did she handwrite them out and i think she handwrote them out for sure dick to be posted do you think it's neff posting it didn't sound like they were that good friends anymore from the pod yeah i don't know neff is the first person she was hanging out with once she got out of jail right so in my head they're like besties yeah i don't know but then she said that julia fox said has Rachel replied to your stories? And then Anna Delvey said she hasn't yet, but who knows what she's writing up for the Tennessee Daily. <laughs> she's so funny. The Tennessee Daily. I'm interested actually because I also listened to the Forbidden Fruits where they interviewed Zola. And the reason I bring that up is because I think there's some parallels where there's something about the way that like Julia Fox is in this podcast series that makes me feel like my goodwill towards her has dropped a little. Mm. Do you feel like that? She's very main character energy and yeah. then in kind of an annoying way. But I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if it's just her trying to be relatable to her guests or something, but it kind of, yeah, she brings it back to herself in a, in a lot yeah, of ways. She kind of interrupts a lot and brings it back to herself, but there's also, I get that they're not journalists, so... Maybe that's why, but it's like they're not going to ask the hard questions. But with the Zola interview and with Anna Delvey, it's like so clear that they're just on that side that they kind of don't ask, they don't probe about the Rachel stuff. And in the Zola interview, they didn't probe about the Jessica stuff. And these are both women that took issue with how they had been depicted or treated by their friend who became really, really famous. Mm. And they are kind of now viewed as the villain of a story where they feel like they were wrongly framed into like a TV show and a movie. And I was just kind of interested in like calling Rachel rat-faced Rachel and like joking about the Tennessee Daily, even though it's hilarious. (laughs) I'm still just a bit like, I don't know how much I fully am on board with this idea that Rachel is just a, she seems annoying. Like I agree. Yeah. But she seems annoying because of the portrayal on the show yes and she's obviously utilized this for her own fame as a writer but like if you are an aspiring journalist and writer and you get scammed by possibly the most famous scammer on the planet of course you're going to use it as ammo yeah to write because it's a fascinating thing to happen to you i just think it's kind of and you're also supposed to write about what you know it's like the one thing how people say I don't know, I'm always, I when I was younger, I used to be like, oh, I want to write a book. And now I just am like, there's so many books out there with people who have nothing to say and they're just writing them because 
they want to write a book. But if something like this happens to you, that's when you have <laughs> yeah, something to write about. Exactly. And then if a TV show comes out about it where you're portrayed as like a Karen for saying, I don't know. I just think if your friend says they're a billionaire, you go on a holiday together that she said it is bought and paid for. You get there and she says, my credit card's fucking up. We're going to get arrested. Can you put yours down and I will transfer you the second we get back? And then you disappear and then it comes out that you owe like hundreds of thousands of dollars to banks and hotels and restaurants all over town. I don't think you're a bad person for then helping the police, like cooperating with the police to get this person arrested to try and recoup some of your money. I just think it's like a weird thing we're all just now joking and laughing about this chick being the villain of the whole thing. I get both sides. I was, yeah, I was I just get both sides, and I was but like, I, I oh, agree it's just with a bit like, saying. it just started to just feel a bit like, I don't know, mean girls or something. And it also just... is that thing where they they say that they keep trying to be like, Anna did nothing wrong. And how Julia yeah. Fox was just like, oh. Men do this all the time. Yeah. I'm like, men don't like defraud banks and put on fake voices pretending to be German men. Like a German heroes. <laughs> yeah. Well, which pretended to pretend to be that Peter guy and like put on a weird fake voice on the phone to pretend he was real. That's that's crazy. That is yeah. crazy. And also the way she obviously they used Rachel as a kind of human element to it because the banks know people don't care as much. But it's like if she was literally taking money off people like that and ruining some people's lives, that's naughty behavior. There's no two ways about it. Exactly. It doesn't serve anyone to act like she did nothing wrong and is being attacked for no reason. I just feel like that kind of takes away even from what makes the story iconic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she should just own it. Yes. She should, she should just – also, when you're that young, I, I genuinely do think that parts of your brain aren't – Yeah. The, the part of your brain that understands consequences for your actions. Totally. Because I fully, like, understand that mentality where you're just like – where or where money doesn't feel real or just things where you're just like you're not thinking about the future at all and i think she just got so caught up in doing a silly stupid thing this actually a a thing happened recently where a friend of mine was working with this group of young people and the young people tried to rip them off for like two thousand pounds or something and they found out and it's just this horrible thing where now it's really awkward. They're never going to work with them again. Their reputation is, is going to be tarnished. And it's all because they wouldn't have like thought about the consequences of their mm, actions. Cause that's it's like, so true. It's that's just so true. when you're, when you're like 19, 20, 21, 22, I don't know. It's just, you, you just think you're going to get away with stupid things. Like I used to steal from like a shopping mall. I'd go into Glassons and like take tops, not even because I really wanted them just for either like the thrill of it or because Maybe I didn't want. I didn't. Wouldn't have had any money probably to buy them. But as in, like, you don't give that much of a shit about the top. But yes. you're, you're just not thinking about the consequences of your actions. Like if you got caught, and if that went on a criminal record, and if you couldn't go to the states for seven years, mm-hmm. or or when you drink drive when you're younger. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. I don't know. I'm just like just own up to it. I think the whole like the narrative around her has gone into this weird place where it was. I was talking to my mum about it. She said it's obviously a generational gap thing, which was like, I just don't understand the fanning out over anecdote. Like we hate corporate criminals in like any other context. And this idea that she wasn't 
like Peter Pan, Peter Pan, <laughs> Robin Hood, like stealing <laughs> Peter Pan. Pan. Doesn't like stealing from the rich. You know, she wanted to be this same corporate girl boss, capitalist billionaire that our culture reviles and hates now. That's mm. what she aspired to be a hundred percent. And it's it's like it's just funny how selective we are. It's like how we hate billionaires, but we love that Kim K and Rihanna's a billionaire. Like we're just yes. our mind around money and this yes. kind of thing is just so complicated and contradictory yeah we hate billionaires unless they can manage to somehow be a bit relatable and exactly some, i don't even know how the kardashians are relatable they're yes. like the opposite in every sense of the word except somehow they manage to be yeah yeah a hundred percent so we just love them it's 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 interesting so yeah i i thought that interview kind of solidified some of my thinking about like she's just a bad person for us to obsess over but she's obviously just fascinating and very smart and, like, an interesting person. And funny, annoyingly. It's just funny. Like, there was just so many parts in that. There was a thing that Julia Fox said that was made me laugh so much where she just sounded so dumb where she said Anna was saying something like, I had to be picked up in a different state because, like, the ice ice doesn't operate in New York State because of blah, blah, blah or something. And Julia was like, yeah. She was like, immigration is just so complicated when it literally just doesn't need to be. <laughs> I'm obsessed with this stupid podcast. I know. And now it kept getting cut off, like, and I had to call back, and it was just, it just made me laugh so much. Yeah, it was a very good listen. A wonderful piece of pop culture. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. On to another piece of pop culture yes. that came out, was it yesterday? Yesterday, yes. Uh, Bella Hadid, Baby's first solo US Vogue cover. We got the heads up on this a really long time ago, which you'd forgotten because our DMs have turned into like a proverbial dumois, but we just don't share anything because we're not anonymous. We just keep it to ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Except you sometimes share <laughs> some stuff with the close friends. But we got a DM from someone saying that Bella Hadid was going to be on the cover of US Vogue. I think it was actually meant to be maybe last month in the Kim one 
slid in early or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And that she was going to talk about her mental health struggles. And we were actually told she was going to talk about kind of make a big revelation about her mental health that didn't fully happen in this article. But what the person said was so specific and matched up so much that I wonder if this article was edited or something was changed. Yeah, like maybe she's maybe she said, said it and then took and it then back took or it something. Back. Yeah, but basically the article very much focused on her mental health and her kind of opening up about mental health struggles. But a lot and her physical health and her physical health. Yeah, but a lot of it was. It's interesting. We'll talk about this. She talked about a lot, but you kind of came away being like she didn't. You got the sense that her mental health wasn't great, but you didn't get a diagnosis and you got the sense that, you know, it was kind of like, yeah, I think yeah. she said, did she not say she has depression? I think she said she'd suffered from depression and anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And she'd um, been on Adderall for ADHD. Yeah. When I she guess was younger. I feel like the depression thing and, and actually she said she used to suffer from anorexia, which no yeah. one knew. I don't yes. think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the depression thing is quite a big revelation, especially when you think about how public someone is. And just how in, insane their workload must have been and to kind of put on a front for that long. It's it's Yeah, but I understand what you mean where it's kind of – I came away understanding more about her in some senses, but then in other ways I was just kind of – everyone knows, which is a, a beautiful thing. Like everyone knows Bella Hadid is a very hardworking, kind mm-hmm. person. And that seems to be just genuinely down to the core. Yeah. That girl, there's, you can't find someone that faults her in the industry. Kind of Michael Kors. I was like, why are you quoting Michael Kors? That was random. But they quoted mm-hmm. Michael Kors out of all people. And he said what, what kind of everyone has said where she's not just kind to me. A lot of people are kind to me. It's the people that are kind to my assistants and the, you know, just the lighting people and the random people. And I like hearing that reiterated because I I really like Bella Hadid and I, and I think it's really nice to see someone's hard work and positivity and kindness pay off. I think in this world, so many people get to the top by being complete assholes. And it's so nice because also in fashion, that's so true. But then... There is a huge other side to the coin, which Vogue really didn't want to cover at all, which is kind of, I mean, they covered it in like the opposite way, which is how Bella got to where she is and why she could afford to be kind and why she could afford to kind of not ever, I don't know. It's like people expect someone like her to come from a family that she did where her mum's on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and her dad's a bazillionaire to be an arsehole. So I think she went in the opposite direction and that afforded her so much kind of clout in the industry in the opposite way. Um, But then I think the way the article kind of downplayed her privilege was just a bit annoying. And at at times it felt like such a strange, because the article was very long. Yeah. Like, I, I know it sounds like a weird thing to say, but it was, I was like, Oh, it's still going. Like it felt like all the stuff about her child, like, the lines about her privilege and kind of trying to downplay that she was as wealthy as she was came across as, yeah, very tone deaf and it felt like totally unnecessary to the piece. Yeah. and But I- she basically was saying, you know, because her father is a real estate developer and she was basically saying, you know, oh, we would go into these houses he was developing, but we weren't living in those houses. Like we weren't actually that wealthy and it's 
anyone who has watched Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, it shows the house that she lived in. Okay, her mum didn't marry David Foster until I think she was like 14, but they lived in this insane mansion in Malibu. Like David Foster is worth a bazillion dollars. Muhammad Hadid is worth a bazillion dollars. And they film in the house that she's growing up with and in her father's house, which literally looks like Google Muhammad Hadid house. Like it's it's fucked. It's insane. We've said this before on the podcast, yes. but it's like the there's real rich, housewives and of Beverly like, Hills are yeah. all insanely rich. And when they go to his house, they freak out. All of them are like, I can't believe this house that exists. he lives in this yes. house. It's so the idea that it's just cringy the idea that you could get on a podcast and say, yeah, but I never wanted, like she says something like, <laughs> um, I never asked my mum for a Birkin bag when I was a teenager. Like that would look crazy walking around with a Birkin bag. And I'm like, the fact that your frame of reference is what it is that you think the fact that you didn't ask for a $40,000 handbag when you're a teenager means you were a low maintenance quasi poor child I know. is so crazy i know and i again i think everyone has been feeling guilty about like picking this interview apart because she's obviously a very sweet sensitive <laughs> lovely kind person so you, you were like oh bella yeah. like why did you say that now we, we have to be annoyed but it just shows this awkward thing which the hadid sisters i have to say from a branding perspective have done like a really good job of distancing themselves from how wealthy they are yeah massively you wouldn't necessarily know like i didn't i didn't realize yeah. i knew they grew up in malibu and stuff but i didn't uh know that it was the extent that it was so watch real housewives um they've done a really good job of separating themselves from that and i think that this created the tension point again of like having to reckon with it and it is this annoying thing it's kind of how we just talked about with anna delvey where it's just frustrating because I think any rich person wants you to think they're not as rich as they are. Yeah. Always. And it's, it's like, and then it's like all of the poor people or people who don't have money want you to think they're richer than they are. Yeah. And it's like just this frustrating thing because it's just like, just own it. Like, I, and I get what Bella was trying to explain some fucking nuances about the fact that she had a job as a teenager in Sun Life Organics, which as if she's saying it was like akin to working at, Pack and save. Sun Life Organics is the place where I see Cindy Crawford and Kaya Gerber all the time. That's the that's the, the only spot you'll ever see celebrities in Malibu. Harry Styles goes there all the time because it's just this insanely bougie, smoothie, vegan place on the beach in Malibu where yeah. Julia, who, what, what's her, the one I love. Your favorite one, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts yeah. goes every day. Yeah. Um. So that was just, it was just funny. And it's also like people who don't understand that. We'll think, oh, she just worked at this little smoothie shop like uh-huh. Meghan Markle worked at Humphrey, Humphrey Yogurt. Yogurt. <laughs> I hate that I remember that. Humphrey Yogurt pops up yet again. Literally, I will not. I will not be allowed to leave this earth, my earthly form, until I've eaten at Humphrey. We're gonna Yogurt. go. We're definitely gonna go. Yeah. Let's go this summer. Let's go to LA. Yeah. Go to Humphrey Yogurt and then to um, Bella's yeah. smoothie bar. And it's just it's. Just that – I think it's such a thing in England as well that I've just noticed where yeah. rich people are just so consumed with you thinking they're not rich and the way they dress. And Bella kind of does it with all her vintage clothes. Yes. She's a Depop girl. She wants to look really relaxed and low-key. But it's funny how good you can look through Depop buys if you're a billionaire. <laughs> Ex- oh, am I exactly. She That Vivian Westwood corset that she wore ages ago – that's literally like a forty thousand dollar corset, like mm. one of the specific ones she has, and she has a bazillion. Mm-hmm. Is literally like a thirty to forty thousand dollar thing. Yeah, it's funny 
I don't know why she talked about it. I think because she's trying to be a very authentic, open person, she was answering questions that most celebrities strategically skirt around because I was just thinking like Gigi gets interviewed all the time. Kendall gets interviewed all the time. Like there are no quotes from them that feel this tone deaf about their wealth. Like obviously the Kardashians have done it kind of like the king thing. Everyone's freaking out about this week, but there are a lot of nepotism babies that are interviewed that don't have sound bites of them saying dumb shit like that. So I I think she was trying to answer it in a, earnest thoughtful way like she was really trying to answer the question and that's why there's all this stuff on the record that sounds crazy when you read it because you just think what <laughs> yeah and and the, the thing is it's because she seems so self-aware yes. at times and then so un self-aware but she's so young at the same time but yeah. it's even the fact that when she posted the cover she said there are so many people that are deserving of this cover and i'm really grateful which is very, very true. I mean, yeah. there are so many more people that deserve the cover of US Vogue right now, unless they were talking about Palestine and all of her activism, which of course they are not, because yes. Vogue won't talk about that, Yeah, of the cover than her right now. And, and she kind of seemed aware of that, but then at the same time was like saying such funny things where I actually got this from the Instagram of Maxim Magnus, who's a trans model, who just wrote about the interview on Instagram just saying, like, it's annoying that Bella can open up about her struggles, but when anyone else does who's not cis and white, the doors are shut on them, which is very true. Like, Bella's in this incredibly privileged position to be able to say all of this stuff and for it to not impact her career in a negative way. I was Another thing that was annoying, but I'm glad she did talk about the way models are treated in the industry, but it was mm-hmm. it kind of felt similar to that time that Kendall Jenner said, she said something like, I'm not going to walk in all the shows. 30 fucking shows yeah. a season. I don't yeah. know how those girls do it. Yeah. As if like and they, they're they do choosing it. to because yes, they're they so career hungry. Yeah, they do it to like how pay they get the paid. rent. Yeah. Bella kind of said a thing where she said that, you know, when she was suffering from depression, she'd go to work, cry at lunch, then go back to whatever little tiny hotel she was in and cry. And yeah, I was like, oh, Bella, I'm sure you were never shoved in the a Holiday Inn. Time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Or those notorious model apartments where there's yeah, 20 girls yeah. in, like, one house that all get, like, shunted together and have to ward off the advances of elderly men. Okay, let's talk about the plastic surgery thing now. Yes. Oh, so, no. so, yeah. You go. <laughs> so Bella says basically the interviewer referenced the fact that people talk a lot about her, that people – bring people say that she bought a picture of Carla Bruni to a plastic surgeon and changed her face to look just like her, that her face is totally different to what it was when she was younger. She said quite outrageously, I think people think I fucked with my face because of one picture of me as a teenager looking puffy. I'm pretty sure you don't look the same as you did when you were 13, right? I have never used filler. Let's put an end to that. I have no issue for it, but it's not for me. And whoever thinks I've got my eyes lifted or whatever it's called, it's face tape. It's the oldest trick in the book. And then she admits that she, when she was 14, she had a nose job and that it's a decision she regrets. And she says, I wish I had kept the nose of my ancestors. I think I would have grown into it. So <laughs> that's naughty behavior. Starting with the nose job, I mean, if she got it at 14, that seems a... Yolanda Hadid problem more than a Bella Hadid problem. Oh, of course. 
you're a child. All things stem back to Yolanda Hadid. 14 years old. The fucking audacity of that woman to have openly, brazenly said so many times that neither of her children have had any work done. Oh, yeah. Aggressively. Yeah. When she fucking drove there and signed the papers. At a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. It's so crazy. But, yeah, it's quite naughty for her to have said multiple times she's never had any work done for, yeah, her family, Yolanda, and then for her to admit to having a nose job while still very clearly, in my opinion, lying about so much else. It's just annoying. This whole episode is about people just owning up to things because it would just... No one even gives that much of a shit. And then it was funny because I was like, obviously she's had filler and the what's she talking about face tape is like usually used down on your jaw and stuff and i saw this plastic surgeon on tiktok because i searched bella hadid and was looking at everyone's responses and he was just like it's just not typically used there like, i don't even really know what she's talking about and it's annoying because we both are not judging anyone who has work done and it's and it's this thing where other people commenting on tiktok saying why do you care what she's done to her face or, or it's none of our business or why are we being so judgmental? And it's like, we're not even being judgmental. It's just that someone's like lying about something that impacts a whole generation of women. And just, it's just frustrating, I think. And also then I saw her boobs. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, are we just forgetting about those? We're just so consumed with her face. Yes. Okay. Her so gorgeous yeah. breasts. <laughs> Big naturals. I felt the same where at first I just read it and was like, okay, and read the piece and just thought, fine. And then I was stewing on it for longer. And then I I was on TikTok and a girl came up who got, um, I'm assuming it's trending at the moment because of the Bill Hadid story, but she got the fox eye thread, which is the thing that Bella's referring to, which pulls your eyes up. And it like ruptured and her face didn't take to it. And she's this beautiful 18-year-old girl and her face looks fucking crazy now. She's having all these surgeries to get it corrected. And I was watching her talk about it and she basically said, I got this done because everywhere online where you look and you Google it, they say this is what Bella Hadid's had done. And it's a difficult thing because basically I would argue that 90% of women under the age of, say, 35 to 40, who have had facial filler, buckle fat removal, eye threading, like any face-related, it's not cosmetic surgery, but like any of those tweakments, have done so because they've seen number one, Bella Hadid, number two, Kendall Jenner, number three. That's Kim as well. Kim, yeah, Kim and Rada. Like mm. one of five people, and Bella Hadid's like the top three of those five people. It has, like, what's happened to her face has spawned this industry that has led to literally countless, countless, countless women paying a lot of money to change the structure of their face. And as a young teenage girl that has been thrust into the spotlight, who has a very famous older sister who, as she says, was considered, like, the more beautiful sister who has had her appearance picked apart from a very young age, who had a as you've seen from Beverly Hills Real Housewives, like a very superficial mother, like is in an industry that's super superficial. Like the blame shouldn't be laid at her door for the way plastic surgery has become ubiquitous in our society. But to do that stuff and for us to so blatantly be able to see it and then to get on a magazine and like blatantly lie that all you've had done is a nose job. Remember when she couldn't f- 
Oh, I guess she didn't say she doesn't use Botox. She skipped around that because there's instances where she can't frown that are like documented. I just think that it's, if she's creating this whole persona, and again, I feel bad for saying this because like she seems like a really nice person, but if you are going to make your brand and the way that you position yourself and the way you talk in this thing is like, I am just an open book. I have an open heart. I lead with my thing. I can't help but being completely honest. I just want to connect with people and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then you can't be honest about like this very fundamental thing. It just feels like such a, a miss. I don't know what the word is like a, mismatch yeah it's like incompatible the two things yeah. but it's and it's is hard because if she taught i don't expect her to be like this is the list of stuff i've had done and this i'm not doing it anymore or whatever but you could just say i've had things done in the past which i regret or yeah you know i've done things out of insecurity which i'm trying to get over or just be vague about it as opposed to this thing of yeah just be vague with the with one picture of, of me when i'm puffy like puffy at 13 it's like that's not the only reference <laughs> picture that anyone has you've been photographed every day since you were 14 it's like gaslighting the whole world yes what was the tw- tiktok you sent me where people were like bella we have eyes like <laughs> yeah. it just there's only so much that can change by like weight loss and puberty yeah and yeah exactly like you say there are so many factors that contribute to the reason she got work done her mum marching her to the fucking surgeon at age 14 yes um her sister yeah all of the stuff you just listed makes complete sense and we're not expecting her to list what she's had done and tell tell the world but yeah you should just say things like when i was younger i was really insecure because of x y and z yeah aka who my fucking mother is <laughs> and the industry i work in and my sister and everything and where I grew up, and she literally grew up in the area where everyone has had work done. Yeah. And, and like you it's said, there's so no shame in it. Like no. It's, yeah. And then to have just been like, yeah, when I was younger, I, I got I got work done. And I think it's the thing that kind of annoyed me as well is because with the nose job thing, it's like the one thing that's kind of not really something to even it, – it, it's, it is – she's obviously admitted that she's had a nose job. Which is great to say, but it just feels redundant now because it's, she's said, you know, I wish I grew into the nose of my ancestors. And I think big noses and non-Eurocentric beauty features have become such a thing in fashion now that it kind of, I feel like it's a different thing than admitting if she got a boob job because she got a nose job because of Eurocentric beauty standards and the westernized way of beauty and and I, I don't know I was just kind of like she picked a very specific thing to talk about yes 100% um, and that obviously is an interesting topic because so many young mm-hmm. girls do get nose jobs and probably do regret it because uh, of like internalized racism or yeah, Eurocentric features and it is great that she's saying that and hopefully it will stop other young girls who don't have uh what the Western world would say is a like perfect nose to not get a nose job. Yes. But she said she wishes she left it, but I just was like, dunno. The thing that frustrated me about this interview, and I feel like this has happened so many times, like it happened with Kylie Jenner, where she like so obviously had lip filler and then was selling products on the back of having lip filler and was denying, 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 and then later on the like later down said oh yeah i was denying it because i felt insecure or like kim and 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 she said but lips is the only thing i've had done and then everyone kind of is like oh okay she's admitted it's the same thing yeah kylie never has said she's had any work done other than her lips 
And it's just that thing of, okay, you're going to say this thing now, which is like quite genuinely damaging to, to young girls who look up to you. And then in five years time, you're going to say, oh yeah, I was lying in that interview, but it was because I felt insecure. It's like, there has to be a level of accountability somewhere, Mm. I think. And I, again, feel like it's an unfair pressure to put on a single person's shoulders. I completely agree with that. But if you're not ready to have that conversation, which I don't think anyone expected her to. I certainly didn't expect her to talk about cosmetic surgery in this piece. Yeah. Before I read it, it's actually no one's business, like people said before. But if you're going to engage in the conversation, like if you're going to put a quote on the record and talk about it, you owe it to people to be completely honest and transparent because otherwise it's just further contributing to this lie. Like all this, this whole lie that the beauty industry is built on where all these people get these like secretive surgeries And then say, I look like this because I use Estee Lauder foundation or blah, 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 blah. Like, and then all these people buy this stuff. It's just, it's like a scheme. It's like the thing with the, with how pretty much everyone who has perfect skin has been on retinol, like Hayley Mm -hmm. Baldwin and Bieber and how she got Justin Bieber's skin fixed. But then there'll be ambassadors for skincare brands and you think I'm going to be able to have skin like her, but they have prescription grade products from a doctor Exactly. Yeah. I remember you telling me that influencers just started getting Botox at like 20 that mm. you knew. Yeah, and yeah, that people, yeah. It was just Botox, yeah. Botox, Accutane, and prescription strength retinol were like what everyone used. And they, and they used that so they wouldn't wear makeup. Yes. So they had fresh, glowing, beautiful skin where everyone thought they were the most beautiful, natural people in the world. And the reason their skin was like that is because they were on – Racketane daily mm-hmm. for years and we're getting Botox from like age 18, 19 and, and filler. Yeah. And then they're selling. And, and then- that's girls in New Zealand. Yeah. And then they're saying in an interview, oh, you know, it's just not for me. I would never use that stuff. Like, uh, you know, like this other people, it's fine, but I personally like don't do that bubble. I just, I find this whole charade. It's just so bad for women. And I just feel like very irked by it and bothered by it and it's just annoying that if you lie about things to sell products in almost any other situation you're accused of corporate fraud but like when it comes to faces it's like Mm. yeah because it's a product that you're making money off yeah I think it's a much bigger issue than Bella Hadid, obviously. But yeah, it's just, for sure. Yeah. Kim once said, I was we were texting earlier about this, and Kim once said, knowing full well that the technology didn't <laughs> exist, that people should scan her butt because it's real. That like, is so Stop. funny. Yeah, like Kim like like just yeah, I mean it's it's everybody that's the thing. So it's, it's You go and look at a woman, Paulina Porzakova, literally. Look at what a woman looks like when they actually haven't had filler and Botox. Mm. They look like fifty years older than like Cindy amazing, Crawford, but like than yeah. everyone else. So it's just it's such bullshit. I just hate it. So after all that's been said and done, obviously I'm one of the biggest Bella stands. Still stand Bella. Yeah, I Still think it's our Bella. issues are not with Bella, Bella, they're with like the an industry. industry. Yeah, she, um, I think she's lovely. She looks beautiful in the pictures. Yeah, she looks gorgeous. She's glowing. I'm glad she's just – it's nice to hear that she's happy. And, and it also – it it's like one of those things with depression and anxiety where I think it is kind of annoying people. She's very, very privileged, and she can also have these things that are – she can have a mind that really, really fucks with her, and I just don't think those two things – 
uh, I mean, obviously, if you have money, you can get help. And it does make a huge difference. But I just mean that I found it really kind of nice to hear another depression girly just saying Mm -hmm. that she would just beat herself up because she was like, I have every opportunity in the world. Like, why is my brain doing this? Just stop. And I think that's such a relatable thing to people who do have depression and anxiety because you'll just you'll just think you'll that you have no right to feel that way and then that makes you feel worse and just perpetuates the cycle. So I love that she talked about how she started going to therapy. What did she say? She got went to therapy and she's on uh, meds. Which, yeah, which was great to hear. Yeah, a hundred percent. I also think it's so true and I'm so glad that they I feel like this should have been the angle of the whole piece is she is someone that has just through sheer hard work got to the point she is in terms of coming into the modeling industry six seven years ago where there was so much buzz around her sister where she was getting the way way smaller jobs and she has just stuck at it and stuck at it and chipped at it and like through making contacts being a nice person, showing up on time, never calling in. I can't believe that that quote where she said in seven years she never cancelled a shoot and never showed up late. She and said she worked, what, 350 days out of 365 for the last thing, like, seven years. Like, that's fucking commendable. We certainly yeah, don't do yes, that. Like, yes. <laughs> I've yeah. like, seven days in the past 365. It's, like, just because she is wealthy and had a huge leg up getting there, a lot of people get that. Kendall Jenner, like, and don't. <laughs> then sit and work mm. that doggedly and, and that hard. And she has really like stuck at it till she's found her niche in the industry. And I think those people that really grow over time and how that modeling agent said some models start amazing and some become great models. And she's really someone who has become a great model over mm. over time. Like her walks improved, yes. her looks improved, her sense of personal styles improved. Like she's worked at it like an art. And she clearly really, she's so passionate about fashion. Yeah. And you can just see that. You can see the way she has like so much pride in the way she walks a runway. She walks, she fucking kills it on the runway. Yeah. Amazing. Um, And then she's becoming like the most iconic model of this generation, which is astounding when you think about how it started with, it was like the Gigi Kendall show and she was kind of the third person. And really she's become the most like dynamic, interesting, cool, original of that ilk yes she's fucking sick i see why you love her we love bella <laughs> sorry about talking about your plastic surgery i Come know on the pod. and then i'm like oh my god has she really just had nothing done and we're just gonna look stupid because it turns out no thing but i just i'd bet my life on it those pictures don't lie but it's also just even if there weren't pictures her face is impossible just looks impossible that's just not feasible and and the environment she grew up around look at her fucking mum like, you don't even need the photos you just need her mum but it's also like i i don't think she's had anywhere near the amount that people think she's had done yeah. that's the last thing yeah. i say like yeah. i think people put every surgery that's existed onto her because it's a way that these plastic surgeons can sell products like the f- girl who's fox threads fucked up i don't even necessarily think bella's had that i don't mm. necessarily think she's had like whatever um, yeah, because your face does. Your face she's change, right. Your face changes. really does yeah. change. She's and lost. She's lost a shit ton of weight. Yeah, she's lost a lot of weight. She's gone through puberty. She's obviously got access to the best facialists and gua sha tools and products on the market. And what we just gua talked sha. about right now, gua sha. <laughs> she's like it's all gua sha. It's all gua sha. Gua sha does like actually work. I think what in toning your face and, and like sculpting, sculpting your face. 
yeah, out of I, it. Am I being lied to on TikTok? Oh, I don't know. Someone I've showed got some one, before I never and used afters. But Patty DeBroff gave me one. Did she? Mm, but I've never used it. Very cool. She, yeah, I, I think she's a hundred percent right. And the people, people, the picture people tend to use in that before and after is a very disingenuous, like horrible image taken at an insane angle. Yes, the like, one bad photo you can find. The worst. It's the worst photo you can find next to the best photo. Like a hundred percent, she's right. I think it's really oversold how much she's had done. I don't think she's had like a facelift. Yeah, I think it's way less than people think. I mean, you've seen her in. We've seen her in person on the runway, but you've seen her in person to interview her. Yeah. Like she, it looks natural and not crazy in real life. No, yeah. When I met her in yeah. real life, I, I used to think she wasn't that beautiful because I found it. I just, I was like, this is just too much. I don't know. I thought she was, it was just super fake. And, and then I met her in real life and she was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. There is no chance she didn't have a shit ton of Botox. Yeah. But she's, she was like absolutely gorgeous and like the kindest person I me and I was just I was any I think anyone who comes in contact with her is like just charmed we did the first when I was at Bazaar we shot her first ever I think it was her first ever big cover like crazy thing and she'd come to Australia for fashion month I think it's before you moved to Australia mm-hmm. and we sh- had literally like three hours to shoot her and I remember everyone who worked on the set was like she is the nicest model I have ever met in my entire life it's quite life. crazy I and that was that her first shoot yeah to my boyfriend I was yeah. like it is it is out insane yeah her track record it's absolutely crazy unheard of the oh. other two are the sim- like the same yeah Gigi's love yeah you interviewed Gigi and said she was lovely Gigi a couple of times she was lovely she's so cute in the interview how she was like i just want to look after bella as my younger sister and i can see her getting so burnt out because she's being so friendly to everyone and kind to everyone and stopping for fans on the street and i can see how much it's impacting her mental health but that's the charm of bella really nice so we love you (laughs) ciao ciao bella ciao bella bye normally being a little extra can be a bit much but when it comes to health care it pays to be extra and United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.